Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Phi Mastery Podcast, where our focus is on providing tools, resources, and insights that empower driven individuals to secure their own path to financial independence. My name is Peter Donisanu, and today we're going to talk about how to overcome financial procrastination. You know, from time to time, many of us struggle with putting off essential financial tasks. Whether that's balancing your checkbook or evaluating how you're managing your cash flows, rebalancing your investment portfolio, or even completing that estate plan that you've been putting off for far too long. Now, the truth is that there are many reasons why we tend to procrastinate when it comes to our money, whether that's because of our mindset or struggles with instant gratification or even due to something more primal in our physiology. And you know, the thing is that waiting too long to complete these essential tasks could derail your best laid financial plans or simply prolong your journey to financial independence. That's why in today's episode, we'll discuss some common causes of financial procrastination, steps to move past putting off the hard work, and how to keep the momentum going when you're on a roll with prudently managing your money. Indeed, whether you're occasionally putting off reviewing your bank statements or struggling with paying your bills from one month to the next, you'll likely gain insights into establishing a more harmonious relationship with your money so you can master your own journey to financial independence. So with that, let's dive into today's podcast. What do Willie Nelson, MC Hammer, and Alan Iverson have in common? Well, what their life situation has in common is that it doesn't matter how much you make, but how much you keep. Certainly, these individuals came into vast fortunes only to see their wealth dwindle in a short period of time. And certainly, it's hard to believe that these individuals didn't have trusted advisors who urged them to take actions that could have helped them preserve their fortunes. But the truth is that there are likely many reasons why these individuals found themselves in their situations, and one reason likely has to do with financial procrastination. Now, when you hear the word procrastination, you might immediately think of a pejorative, like a bad word or something with negative intent. But the truth is that procrastination simply reflects a subconscious or sometimes conscious decision to delay or postpone something you know you should be doing. Indeed, you've likely experienced a moment where you've procrastinated on crucial financial work like paying an important bill or balancing your checkbook or taking care of some financial obligation, and these delays have likely cost you in lost time or lost money. And the unfortunate truth is that in our society today, people who procrastinate are often viewed as lazy or unmotivated, which is why so few of us want to talk about this uncomfortable topic. But the fact is that there are many valid reasons why an individual may choose to put off doing an important task, especially when it comes to their money. Now, do you or someone you know struggle with financial procrastination? Do you ever wonder why some people are really good at managing their finances while others get stuck in analysis paralysis and an indecision or even procrastination? Well, even if you only occasionally struggle with putting off paying your bills, gaining some insight into this underlying behavior, understanding how to rebound after a setback, and doing the work to maintain your positive momentum can help you stay the course on your path to mastering your financial independence journey. So then what causes procrastination when it comes to money? Well, while there are many reasons why someone may be a financial procrastinator, generally speaking, this act could be related to your thought process, a struggle for instant gratification, or your body's signal that something is just not right. So as we dive deeper, let's start by taking a look at your mindset's role in financial procrastination. Now, when it comes to your mindset, Henry Ford was once known to have said that whether you can or you can't, 
you're right. That's because when it comes to finding the motivation to do what we know we're supposed to do, self-efficacy, or the internal belief that we have about our ability to accomplish a task or goal plays a significant role in our ability to get started on essential tasks. Indeed, when we have a high self-efficacy, we are more likely to take on challenging tasks and persist in the face of obstacles. On the other hand, when we're dealing with low self-efficacy, we may be more likely to avoid or delay tasks, especially those that we perceive are challenging or complex. That's why in her book, Mindset, The New Psychology of Success, Carol Dweck discusses how self-efficacy and mindset can influence procrastination. And Dweck goes on to explain in her book that individuals with a growth mindset tend to have higher levels of self-efficacy. Indeed, these individuals are more likely to view setbacks and failures as opportunities to learn and grow rather than as a reflection of their own innate abilities. As a result, they're less likely to procrastinate and have confidence in their ability to succeed. On the other hand, individuals with a fixed mindset tend to have lower levels of self-efficacy and are more likely to procrastinate. These individuals may avoid tasks or challenges they perceive as difficult or beyond their abilities because they fear failure and negative feedback. Therefore, if you find yourself procrastinating, ask yourself if your mindset is holding you back from taking the next step towards what you know you should be doing next. Now, another factor to consider when you're trying to identify the underlying factors causing your procrastination is time inconsistency. So what is time inconsistency? Well, have you ever made plans to get up early in the morning only to find yourself struggling to get out of bed even when your alarm clock goes off? Or how about the last time you made plans to go to the gym on the regular only to find yourself with other obligations coming up when it's time to get out the door? Now, if you've found yourself in situations like these, then you're likely familiar with the concept of time inconsistency and how it can influence procrastination. Now, time inconsistency is a psychological concept that describes people's tendency to make present-day choices that conflict with their long-term goals. This means that people often make more favorable choices in the short term that could be detrimental to themselves in the long term. For example, imagine an individual who has a long-term goal of improving their credit score but struggles with time inconsistency when it comes to paying their bills on time. These individuals may have the intention to pay their bills when they're due and understand the importance of doing so for the long term, but when the time comes to complete their task, they may simply put off the payment in exchange for short-term rewards such as spending more money or leisurely activities or simply delaying the discomfort of paying their bills. Indeed, when it comes to procrastination, time inconsistency can cause people to delay tasks or critical decisions vital to achieving their long-term goals, even if they know that delaying the task will have negative consequences. So why does this happen? Well, it likely happens because the immediate reward of avoiding the task, such as the short-term pleasure or relief from anxiety, can be more compelling than the potential long-term benefit of completing the task. Either way, time inconsistency is just a fancy way of saying that we prefer the immediate benefit or instant gratification over long-term rewards. And when it comes down to it, procrastination can be a coping mechanism for time inconsistencies as an individual delays essential tasks to avoid the immediate discomfort of starting important work. Even so, while it may seem harmless at first, when left unchecked, this behavior can negatively affect your long-term goals and financial well-being. Now, one last potential cause for procrastination that we'll explore is looking at what's going on inside the human body. That's because in some situations, procrastination or the act of putting off what we know we should be doing is often the body's way of telling us that something bigger is going on behind the scenes. 
Indeed, psychologist Dr. Stephen Porges in his Polyvagal Theory suggests that procrastination is a form of self-protection when viewed in the context of the body's nervous system. Now, what this theory suggests is that inside our bodies, we have a special nerve called the vagus nerve that helps us respond to stress and danger. And this nerve has three parts, each with the responsibility to help our body react in different ways. The first part, the ventral vagal, or the rest state, helps us feel calm and safe. And when we feel safe, our bodies can rest and digest and give us the confidence to take on new challenges and meet new people. Now, the second part, the sympathetic nervous system, or the fight or flight state, helps us prepare to fight or to run away when we feel threatened. This part of the nervous system helps us to become more alert and ready to act quickly to protect ourselves. Now, when our minds are in this state, we're more likely to take care of our finances from a place of panic or fear or anxiety if we realize that a bill is past due. And the third part of the nerve, the free state, is really the last resort. That's because when we feel like we can't fight or run away from danger, our bodies shut down and become still and quiet. Now, in this state, we're more likely to feel shame or a sense of helplessness or hopelessness or utterly trapped. And it's when we're in this state that we have an inability to focus and actually get work done. Indeed, when the nervous system is dysregulated or underactivated, we may experience difficulties in social interactions and have reduced abilities to cope with stressors, leading our bodies to physically shut down and produce what looks like procrastination. Therefore, if you typically have a growth mindset and rank low in terms of impulsive behaviors, but occasionally struggle with financial procrastination, then take a moment to listen to your body and evaluate what's going on in your life. If there are other things going on, like problems at work or challenges in your personal relationships, health issues, or other situations that are increasing your levels of anxiety, then these factors likely can inhibit your ability to take care of your money issues until these matters are ultimately addressed. So now that you understand what might be driving your inclination towards procrastination, the next step to actually moving out of the state and towards your desired financial outcomes involves identifying ways to adapt, whether your mindset, your instant gratification, or your nervous system are causing you to procrastinate. And so what can you do when you find yourself procrastinating on managing your finances and paying your bills because you're dealing with self-doubt? Well, recall that self-efficacy is the belief in one's ability to achieve a specific goal or outcome. You know, when someone experiences self-doubt, they question their ability to succeed or feel uncertain about their competence in a particular area. But you know, when this happens, there are some things you could do to improve your self-belief and get your finances back on track. First, you can start by educating yourself about the particular financial matter that you're struggling with. This could involve reading books or articles or taking online courses on topics such as budgeting, investing, and debt management. And by learning more about the financial topics that give you anxiety, you can better understand how to manage your money effectively and improve your self-confidence in areas where you might be struggling. Next, consider whether you're approaching your situation from a growth or a fixed mindset. Now, you'll recall that individuals with a fixed mindset believe that there's little they can do to change their present circumstances and are more inclined towards procrastination. And so what can you do if you find yourself in this situation? Well, to develop a growth mindset, you can take several steps based on Carol Dweck's book. So to start, try by embracing challenges and view them as opportunities for growth and learning. Rather than shying away from complex tasks or new experiences, welcome them as chances to develop your skills and your abilities. At the same time, recognize that setbacks and failures are a natural part of the learning process and can provide valuable feedback for future efforts. 
The next thing you could do is to cultivate a love of learning and approach challenges with a sense of curiosity and a desire to gain new knowledge and skills. Indeed, take the time to focus on the effort and the hard work you put into achieving your goals rather than attributing success or failures to innate abilities or your innate talents. And as you go about this work, you'll also want to be kind and supportive to yourself even when you encounter setbacks or failures. Again, Dweck in her book points out that developing a growth mindset can be a challenging process and it's essential to be kind and compassionate to yourself during this experiential journey. That's why she suggests you practice self-compassion by treating yourself with the same kindness and support you would offer a close friend. And if you're a parent out there, the same kind of support you'd give your own child. Indeed, Dweck goes on to point out that self-criticism and negative self-talk can be detrimental to one's self-esteem and motivation and can ultimately hinder growth and progress that undermine that growth mindset. That's why replacing negative thoughts with more positive and realistic ones that emphasize your strengths and potential is essential to building a growth mindset. At the same time, be open to constructive criticism and actively seek out feedback from a trusted advisor and use it as an opportunity to learn and grow so you can improve your ability to prudently manage your finances. Finally, surround yourself with individuals who encourage and support your growth mindset. This approach could include seeking out mentors and role models who exemplify a growth mindset and can provide guidance and support as you work to develop this mindset for yourself. Now, let's take a moment to talk about dealing with instant gratification. You know, earlier we discussed the trouble with time inconsistency and how it can lead individuals to favor a present bias over difficult long-term decisions. So then what can you do if you find that you identify with instant gratification as a leading cause of your procrastination? Well, take a page from James Clear. You know, in his book, Atomic Habits, Clear provides proven methods for developing healthy habits and overcoming a present bias. Indeed, in his book, Clear focuses on creating a system for building healthy habits that are sustainable and effective. And you know, one key takeaway from Atomic Habits is that it's not about making big changes all at once, but making small, consistent improvements over time that makes a big difference. And you know, this approach means focusing on small changes to your daily routines that will help you gradually move towards your bigger goals over the long term. So what does this mean? Well, let me give you an example. If you have a hard time getting started with paying your bills or even reviewing your finances on the regular, then set aside a 30-minute block of time to do as much as you can within that window. Then take a break and return to your task if you still have work that needs to be done. This approach can help you tackle a big task that otherwise might seem overwhelming in small bite-sized pieces. Another point emphasized by Clear is the importance of focusing on the habit-building process rather than just making the outcome the end-all be-all. Indeed, Clear emphasizes that building a habit is not just about achieving a goal, but creating a system of actions that will help you consistently achieve your goals over time. That's why if you procrastinate when it comes to paying your bills, you may want to reframe this task as a ritual that's performed rather than a task that's marked off on a to-do list. Another approach that Clear talks a lot about is the importance of creating a supportive environment for building habits. And what does this mean? Well, it means surrounding yourself with people who will support your goals and help create an environment that makes it easy for you to stick to your habits. For example, if you're trying to be more prudent with your finances, then spending time with individuals who like to talk about money or how much they make or how much they spend could tempt you to make poor choices 
and set you back from your financial goals. And while you may not need to find new friends, or maybe you do need to find new friends, at the very least, be mindful of how others can affect your own decision-making processes. And finally, James Clear emphasizes that habits are not just about what you do, but who you're supposed to become along the way. Indeed, by building habits that are aligned with your values and your long-term goals, you can transform yourself into the person that you want to become. To be sure, overcoming a present bias or the desire for instant gratification means consistently evaluating the long-term benefits of achieving your financial goals and why it's essential to keep your financial house in order at all times. So then, from this perspective, ask yourself, who do I want to become? And how will your life change if you commit to making this new habit of being disciplined with your money and doing what needs to be done at the right time? And more importantly, how will people's perceptions of you change and how will that make you feel? And finally, if your financial procrastination is tied to life stressors that are putting your body into a free state, then you could take a few suggestions from Stephen Porges to get you moving forward. Now, you'll likely recall that according to polyvagal theory, our nervous system exists in three states. That's the rest and digest, fight or flight or freeze. And when we experience trauma or stress, our body's natural response is to activate the sympathetic nervous system, which can result in feelings of fear or anxiety, or can eventually activate the parasympathetic pathetic system leading to a freeze or shutdown when the situation becomes untenable. Now, the state of dorsal shutdown can feel overwhelming and paralyzing, but there are ways to help our body transition to a more regulated parasympathetic or rest and digest state. So then, to move out of a frozen state, what you'll need to do is activate your fight or flight system, which is responsible for mobilizing your body to respond to stress and danger. Now, at this point, you may be asking, why are we going to a stress response if we're trying to get to a rest and digest state? Well, recall that the nervous system has a primal function to keep us safe. It's like those moments in a National Geographic episode when a gazelle is trapped in the mouth of a lion. With nowhere to go, the gazelle goes into freeze mode as a way to cope with the trauma that it's about to face. And the moment that the lion gets distracted and lets go, the gazelle can snap back into fight mode and it's bit to break free and get to safety. In other words, the gazelle goes into freeze mode to stay safe, but then it snaps back into fight or flight to get away from the lion before it can eventually return to life as normal in the rest and digest phase. And so how do we move between these states? Well, one way to activate the system is through physical activity or exercise which can increase your heart rate and respiration, release adrenaline and other stress hormones, and promote feelings of alertness and energy. For example, going for a brisk walk or heading to the gym or dancing to music can help stimulate the sympathetic nervous system and promote a sense of activation and help you move out of shutdown mode. Another way to move out of a dorsal vagal state is through social engagement and connection. Now, polyvagal theories suggest that social engagement, such as eye contact, facial expressions, vocal tone, and touch can help regulate the autonomic nervous system and promote feelings of safety and connection. For example, calling a friend, joining a group activity, or participating in a social event can help stimulate the ventral vagal system, which is responsible for social engagement and connection and promote a sense of safety and belonging. And if you're in a place where you'd rather not engage with others, just the basics of getting out into public just to people watch can be a safe way to reset your nervous system as well. Finally, breathing exercises and meditation can also help you move out of a dorsal vagal state by promoting relaxation and reducing stress. That's because slow, deep breathing can stimulate the vagus nerve and promote feelings of relaxation and calm. All right, now that we've identified potential factors that could be causing your financial procrastination and offered up some suggestions for overcoming them, 
let's talk about a few things you could do to build momentum to avoid going off track should the situation arise. So what can you do to keep the positive momentum of prudently managing your finances going for the long term? Well, at the start, consider your environment and how it may affect how you deal with your finances. You know, Marie Kondo, an expert in the art of tidying up and creating a joyful home, believes that your environment has a powerful impact on your habits and your behaviors. So then from a financial perspective, here are a few tips from Marie on ideally designing your physical environment to establish new financial habits such as consistently paying your bills and prudently managing your finances. First, create a dedicated financial management space in your home. You can do this by designating a specific area in your home for managing your money like a desk or a corner in your living room. And this space should be clean and organized with all the tools and documents you need to manage your money easily accessible. Next, use visual cues to remind yourself to pay your bills, review your financial statements, rebalance your investments, or take care of other essential financial tasks. You can do this by placing a brightly colored sticky note or decorative object in your financial management space to remind you of when it's time to take care of those essentials and make these habits more automatic. Also, be sure to make it a pleasant experience by playing music, lighting a candle, or sipping a cup of your favorite drink while you take care of your finances. This way, paying your bills doesn't have to be a chore, and you may even come to look forward to the experience. Now, earlier we discussed James Clear's take on how habits can help overcome procrastination, and another take on habits comes from Charles Duhigg, who emphasizes the importance of starting small in his book, The Power of Habit. Now, in his book, Duhigg suggests that the key to forming new habits is to focus on small wins that give you a sense of progress and accomplishment. For example, if you're trying to build a habit of going to the gym on a regular basis, start by committing to just 10 minutes of exercise per day. In a similar way, if you have trouble with paying your bills or staying on top of your financial accounts, try paying one bill at a time or reviewing one account per day. The idea here is that once you've established the habit, you can gradually increase the amount of time that you spend on it. This way, you're starting small, but you're building towards a larger goal. Now, another key principle of habit formation is the habit loop, which consists of three parts, and that's the cue, the routine, and the reward. Now, the cue is the trigger that sets off the habit, and the routine is the behavior or the action that follows, and the reward is the positive outcome that reinforces that habit. So to establish a new habit of paying your bills on time, for example, you may want to consider creating a habit loop. And how do you accomplish this? Well, to accomplish this outcome, start by identifying a cue that will trigger you to pay your bills. This could be something as simple as setting a reminder on your phone or marking your calendar with a due date of your bills. Then once you have your cue in place, establish a routine for paying your bills. This could involve setting aside a specific time each week to pay your bills or automating your bill payments to automatically deduct them from your account. And finally, make sure to reward yourself for paying your bills on time. This reward system could be something as simple as treating yourself to your favorite snack or taking a few minutes to relax and enjoy a cup of your favorite drink after your bills are paid. Now, by creating a new habit loop for paying your bills, you can establish a new habit that will help you stay on top of your finances and avoid late fees and other financial penalties. And with practice and persistence, you can make this new habit a permanent part of your life and enjoy the benefits of better financial management. And finally, make sure that you don't miss out on our earlier point about rewarding yourself for the progress that you're making. Indeed, in the book, 18 minutes, find your focus, master the distraction, and get things done. Peter Bregman emphasizes the importance of incorporating rewards into the habit creation process as a way to reinforce positive behavior. Now, according to Bregman, when we engage in a behavior that we find rewarding, we are more likely to repeat that behavior in the future. Makes sense, right? Well, he suggests that we identify specific rewards that we can give ourselves for accomplishing the desired task or behaviors. For example, if your goal is to review your bank account transactions at least 
once per week, you might reward yourself with pizza delivery or takeout from your favorite restaurant. On the other hand, if your goal is to balance your checkbook by a specific deadline, you might reward yourself with a night on the town or a big ticket purchase once you've finished your work. Bregman also emphasizes the importance of making the reward tangible and immediate. Indeed, rather than waiting for the long-term goal to be achieved, he suggests that we reward ourselves for making progress along the way. Again, it's the small wins on a daily and weekly basis that move us closer to our long-term financial goals. And by incorporating rewards into the habit creation process, Bregman believes that we can create positive habits that are sustainable and enjoyable rather than ones that feel like chores. What's more, he suggests that we track our progress and celebrate our successes, which can also serve as a form of reward and motivation to continue our positive behaviors. Now, make no mistake, financial procrastination can significantly impact your money and relationships if left unchecked. It can lead to missed payments, late fees, and even ruined relationships. And while there are many reasons why people procrastinate, understanding the underlying causes can help you take steps to overcome this behavior. Indeed, these approaches can include addressing your mindset, working to avoid instant gratification, and listening to your body so you can start to break free from the cycle of procrastination and take control of your finances. Remember, it's never too late to start taking action and making positive changes in your financial life. Indeed, by shifting towards a growth mindset, developing sustainable habits, and supporting your nervous system, you can overcome those barriers that are likely preventing you from taking action and moving towards your desired financial outcomes. Remember, sometimes all it takes is a small, consistent step and being kind and compassionate towards yourself to make sustainable gains. And with a little patience and persistence, you could take one step closer to becoming the master of your own financial independence journey. Well, that's it for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Five Mastery Podcast. To learn more about our research, visit us at FiveMastery.com or email your questions to questions at FranklinMadisonAdvisors.com. Until next time, I'm Peter Donisanu, wishing you and yours abundant health and prosperity. Five Mastery Podcast is brought to you by Franklin Madison Advisors, Inc. Franklin Madison Advisors is a registered investment advisor firm with its registration and principal place of business in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skills or training. This commentary and forecast are limited to the dissemination of general information pertaining to Franklin Madison Advisors investment advisory services and general economic and market conditions and are subject to change without notice. The information shared today is not intended to be personal, legal, investment, or tax advice or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or engage in a particular investment strategy. For additional information about Franklin Madison Advisors, including fees and services, please contact Franklin Madison Advisors or refer to the Investment Advisor Public Disclosures.